Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Keenum's going to try to work the ball on the boundary. Keenum steps into it. Passes. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for thevikingage.com. And as always, I'm joined by Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as Zone Coverage and Bring Me the News. Uh, before we start today's show, make sure to, if you are watching on YouTube, to like this video uh, and subscribe to our channel. Uh, if you already are subscribing, we thank you greatly. Also, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Okay, today we're going to do things a little differently since Vikings minicamp is, is now over and we won't really hear anything about the team until they return for training camp at the end of July. So we're going to take the next few weeks to, to take a few episodes to kind of look back at some of the most memorable games in Vikings history. So... Uh, the Ringer has this podcast called Rewatchables, where they do deep dives into old movies, sometimes recent movies as well. So we're going to do something similar, but with a Vikings twist. So these episodes will be known as Vikings Rewatchables, and we will be looking back at some of the best games in Vikings history. We're not only going to remind you of everything that happened in these games, but we're going to try and share some new information with you as well. So for the first episode, there wasn't really any other game that, you know, we could choose other than the Vikings win over the Saints in the divisional round of the 2017 playoffs, also known as the Minneapolis uh, Miracle. So before we get started, though, with everything that we're doing, Chris, you were at this game. So, you know, what do you remember about your experience in that stadium, uh, in the stadium that day? Well, in the stadium, I mean, the experience goes back to like 7 a.m. Because that's when I got there to um, get ready for the game. I mean, it was intense. Uh, the whole week I was thinking, okay, how can I be as rowdy? Because, I mean, it's like a big party, especially for a playoff game. I had never been to a divisional playoff game. I had been to the uh, 2015 NFC wildcard game, which involved uh, Blair Walsh shanking <laughs> one into the Mississippi River in sub-zero temperatures. Yeah. but um, it was very cold. And like, the thing is like, I don't think people know this, but this game could have been even more epic if the Vikings had an outdoor stadium. I mean, I love us bank stadium. Don't get me wrong. It's an awesome place to watch a game, but it was like negative temperatures again. Maybe it was positive six or something, but it was snowing like crazy out there. Like it, it was just snowing like mad and you could see it on the broadcast. So, um, just going into the game, you felt like this kind of intense vibe. 
where, I mean, all the pressure was on. Obviously, the Vikings were playing for a home Super Bowl. Everybody was going in. Everybody was fired up. And a school chance were breaking out everywhere because at that point, it had just been two years old. And it, it, it was just fun. I mean, up until the final whistle, like, and I'm sure we'll get to it at some point, but I mean, when Diggs caught that pass and ran into the end zone, I, I mean, there are a lot of people who left. <laughs> and I mean, I, I thought I was going to ask you that too. Yeah. yeah I was, I I was going to ask you if you saw people leaving uh, before yeah. the final drive. Yeah. People, people were headed towards the exits and I can't say I blame them. I remember the last thing I remember before Diggs went and it wasn't because I was drunk or anything. I mean, yeah, I was drunk, but I wasn't that <laughs> drunk. But I, I blacked out after the Remmers thing. And I the next thing I remember was Diggs just running by himself down the sideline. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is going on? But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it will honestly go down as the happiest day of my life. I'm convinced I do not have a wife. I do not have kids. I do not expect the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Um there is no way I could go to a game with a better ending, I think, um, unless it was an actual Super Bowl where the Vikings won. So, yeah, I I would consider it the happiest day of my life because I'm to, I'm it, was, to, it was just awesome. I'm trying to think of what other sports, even just, just other sports could have the same kind of atmosphere. It'd have to be like, you know... Uh, uh, a game-winning goal in overtime in a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we don't do that in Minnesota either. <laughs> a buzzer Just get beater. our ass kicked in the first round. <laughs> I feel like a buzzer beater in the in college basketball would be more exciting than than in yeah, no, the NBA. Don't do that either. Um, <laughs> uh, walk going. off, walk <laughs> off home runs in baseball. Okay, Kirby Puckett did that. You at yeah. least got one. Long time ago, though, oh, okay. I was like what thirty years ago, thirty. Yeah, I wasn't ago. paying attention. I was watching Rugrats or something. Yeah, so I think I they won nineteen eighty seven. I think and ninety one. Ninety one's yeah. the greatest World Series of all time. I think I was born uh, three or four months before that eighty seven yeah. win. So yeah, okay, long time ago. All right. So let's just just real quick before we get into some more detailed stuff, a quick summary of this game. Uh, so the Vikings were the number two seed in the NFC this year in 2017, and the Saints were the number four seed. Uh, Minnesota was favored by five and a half points heading into this matchup. Uh, and the Saints were coming off a 31 to 26 win over the Carolina Panthers in the wild card round of the playoffs the week before. So the Vikings got off to a blazing fast start. They scored points on three of their first four offensive drives, and they entered the half with a 17 nothing lead over the Saints. But then the Saints clearly made some adjustments, came out in the second half and scored 21 unanswered points to go up 21 to 20 with uh, three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Actually, I don't think those were unanswered because I think Kai Forbath made it uh, 20 to 14. So it wasn't unanswered, but still they scored 21 uh, points uh, within like the third quarter and a bit of the fourth quarter. So, you know, Minnesota and New Orleans then traded field goals after that. And the Vikings got the ball back one final time, 25 seconds to go. So trailing the Saints 24 to 23, uh, the Vikings only managed to gain 19 yards on their first three plays of this drive on their own 39-yard line. You know, Minnesota just wanted to find a way to get into field goal range so that Kai Forbath could attempt a game-winning field goal. Instead, Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs had other plans. Uh, 
<laughs> Case Keenum threw a pass to the right sideline. Stefan Diggs, who then, then ran untouched into the end zone for a miraculous game-winning touchdown. Uh, it's a moment that no Vikings fan will ever forget. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you, you know, what was your most rewatchable moment from this game? I think the answer is probably obvious, but I just want to, you know, ask you to confirm. Okay, so I I took two routes here because I obviously it's the Minneapolis miracle. Mm-hmm. Like I I have never watched the broadcast of this game until I watched it last night. So this wow. was all new territory for me. Wow. Um, but the highlight, I obviously I have watched that hundreds, maybe yeah. a thousand times. Just because it it's such an awesome play, and I mean, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound so lame, but I, you know, if I'm ever having a bad day and I just think about that play, I'll just flip it on because everything in that moment is so awesome on the broadcast. Because you see Diggs catch the ball, and like if I were watching it at home, like I it would have been like, okay, where the hell is everyone? Like Marcus Williams basically did the Madden hit stick. Like if you're, or if you're bad in NCAA 14 and you're trying to sack the quarterback, you just go flying past him. That's what Marcus Williams did. And and it was just shocking. Nobody was there. Like I said, like, this is what happened. I, I will go back into where I was at that moment because I yeah, was, where, where, where were your seats? Well, well like just what, what angle so of the stadium I, were there? I was standing in a little perch. Okay. I, I don't actually sit in seats when I go. My friend has some tickets kind of in the lower level. So I stand above his seats and like, that's what I like about us bank stadium. There's little areas that you can stand and watch the game. So I'm standing there watching the game. And like I said, they had the ball probably right across from us when they started that final drive, I think 25, 30 or whatever it was. And Mike Remmers had a false start and I black, (laughs) I, 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 and it wasn't again, it wasn't because I had been drinking. I had plenty to drink. But I was just angry. I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. I was mad. Like going back like a couple of minutes before that happened, like I said, I was at the Blair Walsh game. And and yeah. I remember when Walsh was setting up for the game winning field goal, I'm just like, okay, this is like this is like your chance to rage. There's like 27 seconds or whatever. They're gonna try and drive down the field, get game one in store, or whatever. And I saw the kick, and you know, I thought it went through. Mm-hmm. So like I was getting ready, and my buddy just grabs me, he goes, he missed. And I'll, I'll save the rest for later. But I was so disappointed that I didn't, I felt like I was robbed because I didn't have a chance to help win the game, even though I'm not on the team, like, you know, but I mean, as a fan in that stadium, you want a chance to like try and make an impact on that final drive. You want to scream, you want to do everything. So when Kai Forbath banged in that 52 yard field goal, I'm like, this is it. This is your chance. I screamed so loud. I was physically sore the next two or three days. I was like Ryan Saunders screaming at Andrew Wiggins, like just screaming. And like the Saints wound up getting that game winning or the go ahead field goal. And like, I wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. Like at this point I wasn't writing for anybody. So there was no like professional things. This is just me being fan Chris. So like, I was so mad because the season was so awesome. It was a special season. It was so much fun to watch this yep. team. And this team was so damn likable, which is, uh, you know, fast forward to last season, it's night and day. So like, I, I was just pissed because I, I wanted to see the Vikings go to the Super Bowl. And when Remmers had that false start, I, I just remembered like just staring into Bolivia and like, I can't believe they blew a 17 point lead. I can't believe all that. 
and, and the next thing I remember, Diggs is just running down the sideline all the way into the end zone. And I thought, you go through a mental checklist as a fan. And at first you just go, okay, like he stepped out of bounds. He didn't, he didn't catch that. There's no, <laughs> like, there, why isn't anybody chasing him? That's what I remember thinking. Mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. didn't anybody chase him? And I'm like, okay, nobody's like waving incomplete. Everybody's still cheering. And I'm like, okay, like he, he stepped out. He caught it and he stepped out of bounds. Nope. Like that didn't happen either. I'm like, okay, where's the flag? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm looking nope. everywhere for yellow. Nope. And, and like all of a sudden, two guys I had never met before in my life just grabbed me by the shoulders and started shaking me. And I said <laughs> stuff that I cannot repeat on air. I, 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 <laughs> it starts with an F. And, and I said it multiple times. Yeah. So like my friend who is like over this barricade, I jumped and he <laughs> described it as a Roman Reigns spear. <laughs> onto the ground, just tackling him and shaking him, screaming, what? you know, WTF, WTF, WTF. Mm-hmm. And, and like, uh, you know, I, I just get goosebumps <laughs> thinking about yeah. it. Euphoria. I get goosebumps watching reaction videos. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, they, there's like 70 different angles in perspectives that you can have of this one play. And it's yeah. one of the greatest plays in NFL history because of that, because it's a new age play. Like uh, Music City Miracle. Like you just have the broadcast view and anybody yeah. that was at the game, this yeah. play, like you can see how saints fans react in the bar where it's oh, like, yeah. Oh my God, you can watch Vikings fans. My mom, the most diehard Viking fan. I know chugs, fireball breeze, purple. It, well, <laughs> bleeds, not breeze. I don't know. She probably ble- breeze purple too. I, I don't know, <laughs> but she, she took her Jersey off. And went downstairs. He's like, guess I'm going to hang it up for next season. My dad, who's like on the opposite end of the spectrum, was just watching the game. And he started screaming. And my mom's like, what are you screaming about? And like, they just. So she missed it? Yeah, she missed the play. She Uh. was down in the basement hanging up her Diggs jersey, which which even makes it funnier because that's her jersey. So Mm -hmm. like she's hanging up her Stefan Diggs jersey. My dad's like, yeah, Diggs just scored. And like my mom's like, no way, like what up? And like <laughs> I call my mom in the stadium, like, ah, we scored, and like screaming, and that was like the last bit of my phone. She's like, Are you alive? Are you, you know? <laughs> Who cares? They won. Yeah, it was so much fun. I know I kind of went on a rant there, but yeah. that's what it was like to be in the stadium and then to go and see all the different reactions of it. It, it is honestly the coolest play that I can remember, um, as far as NFL football goes, and I might be a little bit biased, but I mean, it, it was just so cool to be a part of that moment. Yeah, it's just, uh, it doesn't, I think the thing that makes it even more special is that it doesn't happen to Vikings fans. Like, this doesn't happen to the Vikings. Like, that's, this, does, this doesn't happen. Okay, so when I was shaking my friend on the ground, that's all he could spit out. <laughs> yeah. As I'm happen. shaking him, he's going, this doesn't happen to us. This, yeah. What? <laughs> and so you know, yeah, you're thinking uh, like, oh, so Zimmer comes along, it's a new new era or whatever, and they're they're gonna do this all the time now. Uh sadly that did not happen. But yeah, so like in the past wasn't it was like 20, 20, 30 yards, 25 yards in the air. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long. So no if he went if he went which makes me like thinking about it, why didn't the Saints have someone like on their like or two or three people on their twenty yard line? Like what I know maybe they were trying to play for to keep him out of field goal range, but you should still have somebody that's like way 
back deep there in case something like this happens. And and they didn't. So well, that's that's why you play man up three deep in NCAA fourteen. Three <laughs> guys standing back there, and in case like mm-hmm. you know somebody burns the defense, but I everyone think play Williams yeah. like Cameron Dantzler against the Lions. Okay, Marcus, this this is an acceptable moment where you can play 20 yards Correct. off the play and the funny thing is right at the goal line yeah the funny yeah. thing is marcus williams the rookie safety who who's was famous for this for for whiffing um he had a pick earlier in the game that that he had the keenum pick where keenum just chucked it up and he he's the one who got in that ball and so he was probably like in this game he was riding high like you know i'm a i'm a big major part of this game for the right reasons um and then this just totally turned everything around. The play call was named Buffalo Right Seven Heaven. I'm sure many Vikings fans already know that. Uh, went down as a 61 yard pass from Keenum to Diggs. I believe Diggs had the he had the other catch too on that drive, which was like 19 yards. So he had uh, the all of the entire 80 yards uh, that the Vikings drove because they had to move back five yards because of that Rummers false start that you mentioned, Mike Rummers. Mm-hmm. Starting at left guard for the first time, I believe, in his career, they pl- they picked a playoff game for him to do that, which just is part of the musical chairs that the Vikings offensive line has done the last decade. Um, so now that you've seen the, well, you said you watched the highlights, so you've obviously obviously heard the the Joe Buck call many times, but mm-hmm. there's other calls. But you know what what was what's the best play by play call of the game? Is it is it Bucks or is it uh? PAs or is it something else? I would say Bucks call. Keenum's going to try to work the ball on the boundary. Keenum steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Vikings win it! I, I like Bucks more than Paul Allen's. Yeah. It's because Pete Bursich, not his fault. Because everybody freaking out, yeah. Yeah, he was just screaming and stomping all over the call, but it's not, it's not, I, I mean, it's not his fault. I, right. I like being a broadcaster. I mean, I probably would have screamed too if I were on the call. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. Three receivers right, field, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my oh, my God. Oh, my God. Buck gets a negative reputation among Viking yeah. fans. Oh yeah, um, mainly because of the Randy Moss call, right? And and there are times too where like Joe Buck's on there, and it's like, all right, dude, yeah, we get it. Aaron, you like Aaron Rodgers, like we yeah. know, guy. <laughs> but like that play, just simple. It, it was totally simple, and it let the moment breathe because mm-hmm. he just screamed, "Digs sideline." touchdown it, it was probably yeah it was probably all he could like get out because yeah. he was just like it was just such a surreal play where he's just like oh my god he's gonna score yep. so I, I mean i like that um from a broadcast standpoint there are a lot of kind of interesting things that i picked up on throughout the broadcast um one of them was talking about case keenum and 
Troy Aikman saying he's got a little bit of Brett Favre to him. Yeah, and he did say that. Like the funny thing about this game is Keenum had such a crazy season in relief of Sam Bradford. But at halftime of that game, when they were up 17-0, Kai Forbath misses the field goal right before mm-hmm. halftime. That's when the clock struck midnight on Case Keenum. Because yeah. he was making he was making a couple of crazy throws in the first half. But once you got into the second half, the Saints were taking advantage. Marcus Williams had that interception. Um, you know, he was just inaccurate. Yeah. I mean, the throw to, yep, you had the block punt. Uh, the throw to Adam Thielen was like 10 feet above his head. And somehow Thielen caught it to set up the oh, yeah. game, yep. the go ahead field goal by Kai yep. Forbath yep. Yep. Uh, before the Saints took the lead. Yep. So it, it's just interesting to hear. Um, the play-by-play announcers talk about the team, especially five years later, because I don't go back and rewatch a lot of games and and it reminds you what the culture of the team was like. And and the other thing that kind of pointed out was they framed Zimmer as, Hey, this guy's been a lifer. This is his moment. This is the best team he's ever had. Um, He's lost. How many playoff games as a coordinator or head coach? They mentioned 10 straight going into that game. 10 straight. and, and, And you watched Zimmer. And his demeanor was just totally different than it was, say, last season. Yeah. Um, you know, he's talking Super to his focused. quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He never – so, like, last year watching Zimmer, he always had this look like, oh, my God, it's happening again. He but, knew he was getting like, fired. He knew he was getting Yeah, fired. yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, in 2017, there wasn't that. Like, right. I think, you know, the Saints – it was either – I think the fourth down conversion, Drew Brees threw to Willie Sneed, and that, yep. in turn, set up the yep. go-ahead field goal. And like they reviewed it for something, maybe it was a catch or whatever. And like yep. they upheld it and like they cut to Zimmer. And he's like, okay, okay, defense, this is what we're going to do. Like Xavier Rhodes is freaking out on the field. And Mike Zimmer goes up to him and goes, hey, I need you in the game. Like, I, I need you in this. Yeah. Case Keenum throws a pick. He's right there going, hey, man, it's okay. We need, we need to win this game. We need to finish it off. It's, it's just night and day to know how this story ended five years later. Yeah. Did you catch? Uh, there was a part where I think Aikman and, and Buck mentioned their talk with Zimmer before the game and how he said, you know, why he activated Sam Bradford. And he's like, if we're, you know, if we're down by two touchdowns, then I'm going to have, I got Bradford on the bench and I'll put him in. Despite Case Keenum going, what, 11 and three or uh, 11 and he was 11 and two or 11 and one uh, as a starter that year. Despite that, Zimmer was still like, no, I got to, I got to have Bradford just in case. Uh, you know, Keenum, this is the, the, the day that Keenum messes up, which happened to be the next week. But yeah, yeah <laughs> that's that was my thought. Why didn't he do it in Philadelphia then? Right. At right. halftime. Right. But was this I, I the don't think it uh, made a difference? <laughs> no, 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 no. Was this the best call of Joe Buck's career? What are some got, of the other good ones? Well, he's got the Eli Manning, uh, David Tyree one, but everyone rags on him for that because he's just like, Eli catch and that's about it uh i'm sure he's had some baseball calls but that that's the thing like you don't you don't really remember any other ones because they weren't really significant so uh, to me i, I would and say they're that not, this is, and this they're is not related to your best. team right yeah so but i mean there's I mean, there's other there's other calls though like of other teams that you know we we can go back like i don't know anything by uh who's who's the best not even basketball is he basketball? He's basketball and football. Uh, he just screams anytime something Gus happens. Johnson? Yeah. 
the law, Gus, man. Every game he calls, it's a close everything, game. Everything is is insane whenever he calls game. Uh, yeah, I uh, I definitely like that one. I forgot I was doing some a little more research today. Uh, I forgot that I found the Portuguese call of uh, this moment as well, which is which is very good. And in uh, the audio version of this this podcast, I'll put that in there for people to listen to. It's uh, pretty hilarious. Keenan, desceu para 10. Keenan recua no pocket, faz o lançamento para recepção do Tintz, que avança, meia mãe do céu. Um, and yeah, the, the PA one was good, but yeah, like you said, like Pete Bursich was just freaking out so much that it kind of just uh, took a little steam out of it because uh, everyone in the stadium was freaking out. Uh, but yeah, the, the the Buck call is definitely the, the best play-by-play call of the game, maybe of uh, his career as well. All right, so maybe some underrated impact players, player, uh, whoever you want to select, but you know who we hear about Diggs, we hear about Keenum. Uh, who who do you think was an underrated impact player in this game? Derek McKinnon. How about oh, him? you think so? Well, I, I would say the running game in general because they scored the first two touchdowns. Yeah. This game was ultimate Mike Zimmer football for the first 30, 40 minutes, yep. 45 minutes. Because yep. the Vikings jumped out to an early lead and they used the run. And they were mentioning that in 2017, they weren't an efficient running team but they just ran the ball a lot. And that's what Pat Shermer did. He just grinded it out and they took deep shots to Diggs and Thielen who were on fire that year. And everything just worked out because Case Keenum got him the ball. Um, That first touchdown that Jarek McKinnon scores to put the Vikings on the board, the explosion that he had, you could see why the 49ers wanted to sign him for that zone scheme because he could stop stop on a dime and just accelerate uh, just – turn into a Ferrari basically yeah. in the open field. And then you had Latavius Murray, who was kind of grinding it out as well. Um, you know, I think without that running game, this game isn't as close because I, I just think that, you know, they chewed so much clock in the first half and the saints were so bad in the first half that once they finally got their footing, the Vikings couldn't stop them. Like if the saints had one more chance to get the ball, maybe with like 30 seconds left, they would have won the game. Like it was, it was just last team with the ball won the game. Pretty much. So chewing that clock in the first half shortened the game. It almost cost them the game, but I, I think it really set the tone early and helped Zimmer play his kind of football, even though it almost led to his demise. And it did yeah. the following week. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I I saw the Saints. I looked this up earlier that the Saints had like ninety four. Uh, penalty yards in the first half. So, like, mm-hmm. they just couldn't do anything right. Um, and I feel like that was a just a good chunk of the yards that the Vikings gained was was on penalties in the first half, which is sometimes how it goes. Uh, but, yeah, I would agree with you with the run game. I would put, yeah, Latavius Murray in there, and you could you can tell by his numbers how grinded out it was. He had 19 carries for 50 yards. That's like Leroy Horde, Horde uh, kind of numbers. I'd also put Jarius Wright in there. Uh, cause he had some, some big catches. He only had three catches, but two went for first downs. Uh, he had that one like over the shoulder that was, I think it was reviewed. 
that led to the Kai Forbath kick. Kai Forbath, you got to put him in there. I feel like you know if if yeah if not for the the miracle play or if not for the the Saints their field goal, he would have been the the hero of this game. Um, because he had a fifty three yarder. Uh, and then Kyle Rudolph, in a bad way though, um, because his bad block on uh, on Jordan there on the on the outside, Cam Jordan, it kind of led to that Keenum interception because he let the pressure get into his face, and then the Vikings were driving pretty good in the fourth quarter, and then uh, he had a, an illegal block in the back, and that kind of just stalled everything, and then that led to block punt. Um, so. And I looked it up. I think Kyle Rudolph had like the second worst PFF grade from this game, which wasn't surprising to me at all. Um, what would you say the turning point of this game was? Uh, I think it was halftime. You think so? I, I think it was the missed field goal by Forbath, who made up for it with that 53 yarder because I don't know. After being at that Blair Walsh game, once he lined up for that 53 yarder, <laughs> I went, Oh my God, if he misses this. And, the shock that it, it went was through. so loud in that stadium when he made it. Yeah. Like I could tell on the broadcast that everyone was like, Oh my God, he made it. <laughs> and as it was up in the air and people realized it was going to go through, I think it just gradually. I mean, that, that is the loudest game I've ever been to. Yeah. Like I've been to pretty intense Vikings game. Yeah. Uh, the Christmas Eve game against the green Bay Packers in 2004. I went to that game and that was pretty crazy. Um, you know, like I said, the 2015 one, it was a little bit quieter because it was outdoors and I think everybody was really cold, but that 2017 game, I, everybody just believed in this team. Yeah. Like everybody, which that's our own fault, but yeah. I, I mean, everybody was just so behind this team and everything. And I actually, I, I get it right now, but I have the towel from that game yeah. and, and looking at it, like you could see like the sweat stains bring it, from bring me, it like yeah, it says bring it home. It's got little sweat stains on it. I should frame the damn thing, but um, it, it just, yeah, I, I think, the, but I, to answer your question, I think the turning point was halftime because they had that 17, nothing lead and you know, they couldn't do anything wrong. They played so well in the first half and that first quarter yeah. Drew Brees was one for six for three yards with a pick. I think His yeah, passer yeah. rating was 0.0. Yeah. He had like a 25 point, whatever pass rating in the whole first half. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. it was it was Mike Zimmer football in the first half. And then yeah. once the Saints, I mean, even in the first drive of the second half, they had a long drive. And I can't remember if it was a punt or a field goal. But, I mean, Mike Zimmer did some things that kept New Orleans in the game, too. He kicked a 20-yard field goal, which yeah. ultimate Mike Zimmer four, football, from, we talk about that. Yeah, yeah, fourth and goal on the one. And he uh-huh. kicked a field goal. Like, yeah, come on, man. Yeah. Um, I would say the block punt for me is is when things turn because I feel like the Vikings were just, they just got the four bath kick to go up twenty to fourteen. Uh, it feels like you know they kind of put a halt to the Saints and their momentum kind of got some momentum back. Um, and they that was after the the good drive I mentioned. Kyle Rudolph kind of screwed everything up with a illegal block in the back, but they were kind of moving the ball pretty well on that drive. Uh, but then you know Ryan Quigley went back there. Uh, on their own 40-yard line, and it was blocked by Saints defensive lineman George Johnson and recovered by Saints linebacker and former Viking Gerald Hodges. Um, and uh, 27-year-old rookie Taysom Hill also had an impact on the uh, the punt there. 
That was his rookie season. Um, so yeah, the Saints got the ball on the forty yard line, and then they scored a go go ahead touchdown four plays later. So I just think like that was that was huge. That was just if there was something that the Vikings did not need, it was that. And I feel like most of the scores, I feel like a lot of people when they look back at this game, or even just talk about it, they go like, "Oh, that's the game where like people figured out Zimmer's defense." And I'm like, you realize the Saints got the ball on short field on like two or their three touchdowns. There was one drive where they went like 80 yards and that was it. Uh, the other two were like, like the Keenum interception was first play of that next drive. So they were the right after the long drive, Keenum throws an interception, the defense is right back on the field and they got to stop the saints. So like this, this notion that everyone figured out Zimmer's defense, maybe next week, maybe in the, in the Eagles game, that's true. But yeah. I don't think it was, I don't think it was the saints. I think it was more just, the Saints getting short field, Drew Brees being the veteran that he is, taking advantage of that, and and Sean Payton's a good play caller. You know, Michael Thomas, good receiver. He he was on fire in the second half. Alvin Kamara, all those guys. So yeah, the the block punt was a turning point uh, for me. Um, some unanswerable questions that we can probably still not answer. Um, so if Diggs catches the ball. On the on the miracle catch, and he goes out of bounds instead of, of scoring the touchdown. <laughs> Does Kai Forbath make a game-winning field goal? Which uh, where he caught it was around the thirty-nine or whatever, or or something like that, uh, and it would have been around like a fifty-one-yard field goal. Does Kai Forbath make the game-winning field goal? History says no. no. It's a lot like the. 2009 NFC Championship game when yep. you think about it because yep. Brett Favre's driving. He mm-hmm. throws the interception to Tracy Porter and people are like, I mean, me included, I'm like, Longwell's got this. Like, it's mm-hmm. a 56 yarder if he just runs a couple of yards, but um, Longwell's career long, I think, was like only like 52 yards right. and there was no guarantees. I mean, the only guarantee at that point was Diggs crossing the end zone. And it was a race against time. I'm sure if Diggs had seen uh, like another safety behind him, they had dropped Marcus Williams 10 yards like we yeah. were talking about. Yeah. He's probably stepping out of bounds after another 10 yards. And he's going, yeah. all right, Kai, let's let's do this. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know. An unanswerable question, right? I don't know. The, I, way he, the way he was kicking, though, that game, like he already made a clutch kick. So I would have been a little more confident in him and he struggled with extra points like that's what he really struggled with when he mm-hmm. was the, the vikings kicker it wasn't really even field goals because i think he was like seven of nine on kicks of like 50 yards away or whatever that year um mm-hmm. yeah i don't know so that's still going to be unanswerable uh do the vikings score on the final drive if kirk cousins is a qb and not case keenan you know <laughs> we couldn't go a whole podcast without talking about kirk cousins he's checking down he is checking down. Yeah. I'm sorry. I there is no way he makes that throw because it's a low percentage throw. Mm-hmm. He's looking for a more wide open guy. I I don't think Kirk now, do they win the Super Bowl if Kirk is the cu- quarterback? I could argue yes. You think he'd be he's better a, in the against the Eagles than, than Keenan would have? Or the Ken, than Keenan was? Against the Eagles. I don't know. The Eagles were they were like a team of destiny. They, they were, were they were on a mission. like the thing the thing with the Vikings that year is 
they didn't really have any adversity. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Bradford got hurt week one, right? And but like their big like adversity win was beating the Rams. Chicago. Otherwise, no, well, yeah, and the Rams was I mean, they had some impressive wins, don't get me wrong, but right. like the Rams, they blew him out by 17. Chicago, Sam Bradford looked like he needed a walker in case Keenum came in and finished the game. He struggled to beat off. uh Kirk, yeah. Kirk Cousins that year. They took off from there. Yeah. I, I mean, that that was really the only sign of adversity. The Eagles lost Carson Wentz, who was playing yeah. at an MVP level at the time. Uh, they had a, you know, kind of no name group of guys. Like, yep. I mean, how many players can you name on that Eagles team? I mean, I, I looked them up the other day. Like Ryan Chris Matthews Long. was their running back. Yeah. Chris Long, Nick Foles, Alson yep. Jeffrey, yep. Um, Jalen Mills, Brandon, I believe Brandon, was on that team. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. Yep. Okay. If you think about it, like you probably just debunked <laughs> my point, but I, but like we're, you said, we're, I, we're football they, writers. So we kind of have to know this stuff. They ran through a little bit more adversity than the Vikings did, and everything yeah. was like laid out in front of the Vikings. It it was assumed that the Vikings could just walk to the Super Bowl with a big grin on their face and play it in their backyard. Like it yeah. was too damn obvious for them. And they did come back in that Saints game, but once they were on the road in a hostile mm-hmm. environment against a good team, they crumbled. They did the same thing in Carolina against Cam Newton. Like in the regular season. Uh, so, yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, that, yeah. At first, though, in Philly, it looked good. First drive, <laughs> seven nothing. Yeah. Nothing after that. Um, last question, last unanswerable question. Why did Mike Zimmer never really embrace Case Keenum as his quarterback? Why? He, he knew was it wasn't going to last. But he, he feels like, didn't. looking back, he feels like the perfect quarterback for Mike Zimmer. Like, not expensive, just like plays with his pants on fire and wins. I don't know. I think it was because he wasn't Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Teddy was the controllable quarterback that Mike Zimmer wanted. Like Case Keenum, they could tell him all day, hey, don't make this throw and be like, yeah, screw this. I'm making this throw. Like Sam Bradford, kind of the same way where he's very cerebral um, he wasn't going to like, he's very Kirk. Like yeah. I think where he, he was going to take the open throws. Um, Teddy, he had a little bit of off script, but I mean, he had this bond with Zimmer and I don't think Keenum ever had that. I don't think Bradford ever had that. I guarantee you out of the three quarterbacks between Bradford, Keenum and, uh, Teddy. Zimmer, Zimmer wanted to keep Teddy overpaying Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah. And sure. I think, you know, when you look back at that, what if they had signed Teddy to? I can't remember what he got from the Jets, but the, like the Vikings doctor said, his knee's not going to hold up. Then he which, got a, a one or two year deal, but then he got traded to the Saints. Yeah. So I mean, if they signed that deal, then you draft Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but that's the kind of thing you probably would have done in that situation. I just, I just like I don't know. Like his numbers were better than Teddy's, but uh, mm-hmm. clearly he just liked. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I could never understand it. Like he's winning. He seems like a, everyone in the locker room loves him. Like Diggs loved him. Thielen, it seemed like Thielen liked him. Like everyone in the locker room liked him. I don't understand like why Zimmer was just so, uh, it seemed just seemed like he was just unwilling the whole year to be like, he's our guy. Now, what if Teddy's knee doesn't explode? Yeah. And he's able to play in 2016. 
Diggs and Thielen emerged. Because remember, he was throwing like Greg Jennings Charles and Johnson. Uh, Charles Johnson and yeah. Mike Wallace. <laughs> Who's the other guy? Who's the guy that got busted uh, with weed? Um, the flip homegrown guy. Jerome Simpson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Homegrown yeah. Jerome. He made my so friend, much money because he yeah. did a flip in the end zone. I'll uh, I'll tell you my homegrown Jerome story after oh the show, but okay, uh, yeah. okay. I probably can't mention it on <laughs> okay. the show. Um, can you turn this game into a multi-part docu series? The game. I don't think so. Not well. You just could, just make a series surround, and the game is like the the center point. Like you know how like the last dance is about the final season, and they have all the little stuff about it. I feel like you could do that kind of with this game. I was thinking that you could do a docu series about the three Viking Saints playoff games. You oh, have yeah. the one in two thousand nine, the NFC Championship, because yep. um, yep. Sean Payton was there at that point. Yep. And then you know the Vikings. They lose that game. They bottom out the following year. They rebuild. Yep. And this yep. was the next matchup. Yep. And then the rubber matchup was in New Orleans where, yep. you know, Mike Zimmer's kind of uh, tenure was kind of on the line in that game. Yep. Some people thought so. The ownership was like, oh, we love Zimmer. And then Kyle Rudolph pushed off and the Vikings won. I'm going to keep mentioning that. They ran the same um, exact play in this game. They did. They, they ran the same exact play in this game. And the I same player it. was the same player was covering him. It was And DJ I was like, Williams. you could have pushed off there too, Kyle. Yeah, he, that would have helped. I think he did. I think he did. <laughs> and I was because I watched it a couple of times. I'm like, that's the same play. Yeah. It was funny. It was really funny. Uh but yeah, yeah, you could do you could do one on those three, or maybe even just those two. Because I think, yeah, yeah. I think you could do you split it into four parts, just do a quarter per episode and then highlight different aspects of like the Vikings and even the saints. Like you can look at case Keenum's journey. Cause he was just like a journeyman quarterback before this, you know, you mentioned the rivalry between the Vikings and saints you could do a whole episode on that. You could do something on the relationship between Mike Zimmer and Sean Payton, because they're both uh, Bill Parcells guys come from the Cowboys. You could do one on digs. Yeah. Like and then you could Adam do one. Dillon. Where you look back at all the Vikings, you know, heartbreaks in the playoffs because that could be forever. Um, so I, I mean, I would watch any Vikings documentary. I think the technically there's only like one, and it's like that missing rings one uh, mm-hmm. that NFL Network makes or whatever. And you could, yeah, I guess you could call that, it that's the Randy really Moss good one. too. Actually, it is really yeah. good. It's yeah. it's hard. It's hard to watch, but it is good. Um, so anytime you get to hear John Randall talk, yeah. like you should listen for sure. <laughs> I, 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 it's his kids. He was, he did the schedule this year. He was great. Um, <laughs> just like there's a horse there and he's like Colts and punched in the face. Just su- slaps it. <laughs> um, was this game anyone's career highlight? Uh, Stefan Diggs. You and think Case so? You think it's Diggs? Cause he, he has been an all pro. But it's yes, single, but this single is game the wise. If you talk to a neutral fan yeah, and yeah. you go, what do you remember, Stefan Dix? Oh, he had that catch in the playoff game. Like it's nothing, nothing with Buffalo and the, I was going to call them the Sabres, uh, hockey on the brain. Uh, the Bills, 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 Bills. Yep. haven't, I mean, they got to the AFC championship game. Yeah. Uh, they had that Undertaker, Shawn Michaels like battle in Correct. the AFC divisional game, which, I think everybody still needs a cigarette after that game. Um, you want to talk about rewatchables? Holy crap. That is. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, I mean, I mean, he will never 
have a catch unless it's to win a Super Bowl or something as big as that moment because it was just so shocking. Not only for Vikings fans, not only for Saints fans, but the entire league who had watched that game, watched the Vikings go up, blow the lead, and then win. I mean, name the walk-off winners in NFL history in regulation. And the fact that he chucked his freaking helmet afterwards and just went like this, like it is so badass. So Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs. It's about, an easy answer. Uh, Kai Forbeth? Sure. Pat Schirmer? Nobody remembers the 52-yarder that Kai Forbeth no, hit. No, no. Uh, Pat, Pat Schirmer. Pat Schirmer? Um, um, about Mike Zimmer? Who's the special teams quarter for the Music City Miracle? Oh, I don't know. I, don't I rest know. my case. Yeah, that's true. What about Mike yeah. Zimmer? Or I is think it, the or whole is, season is it, was his. Or is the like, 2019? Highlight. I feel like the 2019 game against the Saints might be a better. Example yeah. Because of yeah, because no, everyone was counting him that, out. Yeah. They won that game because of him. Because mm-hmm. they moved Everson Griffin and uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Hunter to mm-hmm. the inside, which mm-hmm. they never did again. But yeah. Right. Now that, I, now I would say that. And now they're talking about doing that all the time with their new defense, putting Daniel Hunter weird. over like guards. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It really worked that game. And then he's like, nah, we don't need to do that anymore. Um, underrated one is Andrew Sandejo. He had a really good diving mm-hmm. interception. He registered the highest PFF grade in a single game his entire career in this game with a 90.7. So that's an underrated one. Um, just some random research and facts before we... Close this up was uh, John Randall blew the Gallahorn. Um, Ryan Quigley. John Randall speaks, you listen. <laughs> had his first punt result in the touchback of the whole season in this game. Uh, Dan Campbell was on the Saints coaching staff. Now, of course, with the Lions. Uh, it's the first playoff game to end uh, with a touchdown as time expired in regulation. Obviously, there's been overtime ones, but... Uh, this one happened in regulation. The play involving Keenum to Diggs was named the NFL Play of the Year at NFL Honors, and it was also the best uh, moment at the ESPY Awards that year. Here's something that some, someone like Scott Van Pelt would like. The Vikings kneeled down on their extra point attempt <laughs> after the Diggs touchdown, which means they won by five points and didn't cover the five-and-a-half-point spread. So people were probably like, no, so many people lost money on just that decision. Alone, uh, Dixon Thielen had the highest PFF grades on the Vikings offense. Kyle Rudolph and Rashad Hill had the worst. Hill gave up six pressures and a sack, he was pretty bad. Uh, Andrew Sandejo and Linval Joseph had the highest PFF grades on the Vikings defense, while Anthony Barr and Terrence Newman had the worst. Um, yeah, that's 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 all I got, man. I, I think it was just. I got- it was. You have any parting words? I guess. Well, I, I got one for you. Uh, okay. Thomas Morstead broke his ribs on his oh, first yeah. punt of the game, yeah, and he's holding. And them. I I remember watching. So I remember Tat, and I remembered that he had broke his ribs. I'm like, oh, that was the play. And he goes out for his second punt. They must have given him some feel good stuff after the first mm-hmm. punt. So he mm-hmm. went out looking like he was like, you a know, Nick Foley in a hardcore match or something, <laughs> like holding onto his ribs and he kicked me and said, ah, and, and he, then he had to take. He to go on the field mm-hmm. so they could the take point. the knee. Yeah. And, and, and the best part, like the other cool thing about this game 
was after the game and what happened because um uh, everybody heard about Morstead's injury and I think Vikings fans donated a whole bunch of charity, thing, yeah. charity. Yep. and then the pictures of Sean Payton doing the skull yeah. chant to mock everybody and then like the cool thing was everybody was like oh yeah Sean Payton what did you know what and everything <laughs> else and he's just like Okay, yeah, you got me. He's like, let, let's like, didn't they like donate some couches or something? Because they I don't know. Him. I know they donated like, more stuff. He was super though. cool about it, which I didn't oh, yeah. expect. He's like, yeah, you got me. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. I know they. I they definitely donated uh, to more sets charity. I definitely mm-hmm. remember that. I think they did it. They might have done it in 2019 too, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, this was fun. I like this. We're definitely gonna be. We'll do more of these before the season starts. Go over some. Some more maybe highlights. Maybe what we might have to dive into a low light because uh, there's sure. just too many of those to to not do that. Um, but yeah, but uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube to our channel and like this video. Uh, and if you want to, you know, if you have any suggestions and you're watching this on YouTube, throw in the comments of, you know, a game that you would like us to, to rewatch and we can do that in the future. Uh, but until next time, which will be Thursday, Chris and I will talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.